Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I hope I have something something to say that might encourage you today. That is what the uh, that's how I decided to take this lesson is a lesson of encouragement because I believe this is something that is of great benefit to us in our Christian walk. And what I have been assigned to talk about is edification through fellowship. Now, this is, I believe this is the last one in our uh, edification studies, and I believe this is appropriate because. The people that correct you, the people that encourage you, and the people that teach you are important. And we're going to find out what kind of people we need to be associating ourselves with today. What kind of people do we need to have have influence over our lives? That's very important today. You know, fellowship as defined by man is a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Now, I don't believe that's necessarily what God's definition of fellowship is, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But it's people that come together. With a shared purpose in my mind. And we're going to look at how this can edify us and build us up. And what kind of people we need to be edified by through this fellowship. You know, in Ecclesiastes 4, and we're going to start in verse 9 and go through 12. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I've heard that scripture a lot. Especially the last one, verse 12. You hear the threefold cord a lot in marriage, when people are getting married. That's not easily broken. But here he's showing the value of having more than one person. If you go try to go through it alone, it's going to be tougher is what he's saying. If you fall down, you don't have anybody to help you up. At night, if it gets cold, you have nobody to help keep you warm. And if Satan attacks you, it's going to be easier for him to overpower you. Well, how does this deal with edification? Well, edification is building up, remember? Have you ever heard the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? When you need help getting up and somebody's there to do it, that builds you up, that makes you stronger. Whenever the devil attacks and you survive it, that makes you stronger. It builds you up. And it's easier to do that if you associate yourself with the right kind of people. Not only association, but that your hearts are the same as well. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. But we're going to take a couple of these scriptures and we're going to look at each part of this for a moment this morning. And see how this can edify us. You know, the first thing it says is that you have a help to get up. You know, in Galatians 6, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's a command. But how are we going to take advantage of the people that are willing to help us up if we're not willing to associate with them? If we're not willing to let them help us? You know, one of the most famous, one of the things that we always hear about is if you're wanting to lose weight, you need a workout partner and a diet partner. Me and Amber have started doing that. It's easier when both of us are doing it instead of one because whenever I try to do it, she'll be over there eating something. Go, man, that looks good. (laughs) 
Or whatever. She tries to do it and I'm not doing it. She'll look over there. Man, that looks good. But it also gives us a chance if one of us falls, the other one can help us. And you don't know how great that a blessing that is. You know, there's a song we used to sing. Where no, it's called Where No One Stands Alone. I believe it's in this book. And it talks about the worst feeling is being alone. Have you ever done something and you felt like you were all by yourself? <laughs> that there wasn't anybody to help you out? How, how sorrowful did that make you feel? How helpless did that make you feel? I have no one to help me through this. No one understands what I'm going through. Even if nobody here understands what you're going through, we have a great high priest that knows our weaknesses, knows our infirmities, and he understands them. And you have people here that are willing to help if you're willing to take advantage of it. And they'll help you get up. Now, just a word of caution here. You know, whenever it says, if a man be overtaken in a fall, he says, you are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. You know, it does no good if you go to him like, oh, I'm so glad I get it. Man, they, they needed this correcting for a while. Man, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it good. <laughs> They're going to know they've been corrected by the time I get through with them. That's not, that's not the way we're supposed to do that. Because we all have our faults and there's all times we're going to need help getting up. And if you remember the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. What happens whenever you're falling down? Do you want somebody to come up to you and just beat you even more? I mean, just really kick a man wise down. Do you really enjoy that? And have the same respect for others. Do it in gentleness and meekness and out of love. It's not supposed to be done out of pride. Like, yes, I get to correct somebody. They're not, I'm not as bad as they are. <laughs> they finally made a mistake. That's not how it's supposed to be. Another thing Ecclesiastes mentions is that when you get up, it makes you stronger. You know, it says a three-fold cord is not easily broken. It makes you stronger. You know, Proverbs 27 and 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We can help each other become stronger. We can sharpen each other. Make us wiser. When somebody falls, we can give them wisdom to help them get past it. And it sharpens them and makes them stronger. You know, we can help each other, make each other stronger through encouragement, as Dusty talked about, I believe. Through correction, as Yancey talked about. Through teaching. And we have to be there to do it, though. You know, if you're not there, you're not helping anybody. You're not even helping yourself if you're not there. If you're not involved in what's going on, you're not helping anybody. Especially yourself. Because it says, as an iron sharpens iron... You both get the benefit. But if you're not there, it can't happen. If you're not involved in it, it won't happen. You ever seen somebody try to sharpen an office by swinging it in the air? It doesn't work. You go, boy, that guy's lost his mind a little bit. He's just out there swinging an off, hoping to get sharp. There has to be something there to make contact with. So, so we need to be there. And it will make us stronger. If one is attacked, 
it is better for two to fight them off. You know, in 1 Peter 5, it says, Be not deceived. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, I've watched all sorts of nature shows, and I don't know if you've watched anything about lions. But do you know how lions hunt? I mean, it's really amazing when you watch it, because every time they show this on video, it works out the exact same way. They don't go for the center of the herd where everybody's at. They go for the back and get the stragglers. If you're alone back there in the back, that's an easy target for Satan. There ain't nobody there to protect you, to help protect you. They'll go for the weak and the sick first because it's the easy kill. It's not going to take much effort. They'll get, they'll get to kill faster and they'll get to eat faster. And that's what Satan sees. Whenever he sees a Christian out there by himself with nobody else around, he knows that's the time to attack. That's the time when I'm at, you're at your most vulnerable is when you're by yourself. Are you in the back straggling? Because if you are, Satan sees you as a target. Now, we're all targets, but you're the most high-priority target. Let's put it that way. Because you're the easy prey if you're by yourself. You know, and finally, as I said before, it says the threefold cord is not easily broken. Well, what goes into making the threefold cord, I wonder? Here's what I believe. The first fold of that cord better be God. If He's not in it, it's not going to last. If God and His Word is not in that cord, it will not last. Number two, you better be in it. Because if you're not in it, it does you no good. And number three, you better make sure your friendships and people you hold closer in it. Because if not, they'll just drag you down. You know, there was an old parable about an old man that was dying. And his sons were always fighting. And before he died, he wanted them to know how strong unity could be. So he brought them all in and he gave them each a stick. And he said, I want you to break that stick. And they all broke it easily. Well, then he gave them a bundle of sticks. He said, the first one that can break it gets all the inheritance. And boy, that gave them some motivation. But he said, you have to break it with your hands. You can't cut it. It has to be broken by your hands. So they're all out there struggling, struggling, struggling. And then the father goes, do you really want all the money for yourself or can you help each other? So as they got all three got on there, they broke it. You know what he was proving there? That one person alone is easy to break. But when you put a whole bunch of them together, it's hard to break. Have you ever tried to break something that was sturdy like that? I know my we uh whenever I was a kid, I thought karate was cool, so I'd stacked up a bunch of boards and I was gonna break them. And I thought, man, I was gonna be cool. So man, I hit that thing, almost broke my hand. I had a knot on the end of my hand, and it was not pretty. You know what? It was reinforced. There was like four boards there, and those aren't easy to break. I have a whole new respect for guys that can do that. But anything that is secured like that is not easy to break. You know, the Navy SEALs, whenever they jump out of 
helicopters. You know what they use? A rope made out of three. <laughs> I found that out last night on the Discovery Channel special. It's pretty cool. Went with my lesson. Because it's stronger. It holds the weight better. It can hold up to three men going down at the same time. We need to be a part of the cord. And we need to make sure we're a part of the right cord as well. Well, that leads me to a question then. With all these benefits of building you up, are you committed to fellowship? Are you committed? You know, there's a difference between being committed and being involved. You can look at the chicken and the pig as an example of this. Whenever it's time for you to eat breakfast, the chicken's involved, but the pig was committed. The pig gave its life for the breakfast plate. There's a difference in being involved and being committed. It's, and we're going to look at Acts 2, verse 41 through 42. And those who were gladly received His word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Steadfast. They didn't change it. They were unmovable. But not only that, he mentions fellowship with some pretty heavy things. Doctrine? That's pretty important, isn't it? <laughs> Breaking of bread and prayers? That's pretty important. So that means to me, fellowship should be pretty important in our lives. And they were steadfast in it. They made sure they did it. They weren't just there. They were committed to it. How committed are we to our fellowship today? Is it the most important thing to us? Or is it, oh, I would go, but I got some tickets to a football game. Or I, I got a work event that I really can't miss. Or I got, a, I got a boat and it's lake time and the lake's just looking so good. I could do that later. How important is it to you? Where does it rank? It should be towards the top. It should be. And if it's not, maybe you need to look at your priorities a little bit. If you look in Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. For I want you to know what a conflict I have in those in Laodicea, and as for those I have not seen my face in flesh, as their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both, the Father, both of the Father and Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's the definition of fellowship in God's mind is what I believe. Having your hearts knit together. Have you ever seen anything knitted? It gets strong. You can't really pull it apart. But what happens if one comes loose? It'll just fall apart. He wants us to have our hearts knitted together. Fellowship isn't just being together. It's having the same kind of heart and making sure your heart's knit together. Become stronger. Build yourself up with other people. Make your heart stronger because it's knitted with others that have the same kind of heart. But if you are committed to fellowship, there's going to be a little bit of a drawback, I believe, for you. 
If you look in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 16. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with bile? Or what part of has a believer with the unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As I said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, does that mean you can't be friendly to unbelievers? No, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that's the case at all. Because remember, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Does that mean you can't do good under your unbelievers? No, that's not what that means at all. You know what I believe that means? You don't have your heart knit together with unbelievers. As we mentioned in the last verse, you have your heart knit together with fellow Christians. You don't have the same kind of heart as unbelievers. You don't get yourself knitted in with them. And we need to be careful when we are around unbelievers. Evil communications corrupt good morals. We need to be careful with that. Does that mean we need to be unfriendly to them? No. Does that mean we need to be rude to them? No, it just means our hearts do not need to be knitted together with them. They don't need to be the priority. If I have a chance to hang out with, my, with earthly friends or with Christian friends, which one do I choose? If I have the opportunity to have a meal with my unbelieving friends, but at the same time I have an opportunity to have it with Christian friends, which one do I choose? And that will prove what kind of heart you have. If you have a heart that's knitted together with the believers, or you have a heart that's knitted together with the unbelievers. That's a price you may pay. You may not be able to go out with some friends anymore once you obey the gospel. You know, there are certain places Christians shouldn't go. There are certain things Christians don't do. There's a price to pay for that. But if you're committed, the price is worth it. Because as he says in the... As God says, He says, I will dwell in them and they will be my people. You'll be the people of God. At the end of, the, at the end of life, you'll have a reward waiting for you that is better than the fun you may have at the places you shouldn't go with the people you shouldn't. A much better reward. Well, we went through quite a few things about fellowship this morning. But what are we really going to learn from this? You know, I've got up here and said before that this congregation is one of the best about fellowship I've ever been around. And that's true, it is. The elders and the leaders here have made it a priority to make that so. But the question is, do you take advantage of it? Do you take advantage of the opportunities they give you? Do you take advantage of the fellowship that's available? You know, after every service, Sunday mornings, we have lunch every Sunday. Do we all take advantage of that? We have bi-monthly fellowships, I believe it is. Do we take advantage of that? Do you take advantage of the opportunities you have to get your heart knitted together with the believers? Or is it, oh, i got something more important i got to do today? You know, the elders here, and Mike, I've heard them say, you need to get plugged in, you need to get plugged in. And I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that so they don't have to do any of the work. I've been with Mike before. I know how hard he works. But it's a benefit to you. If you're plugged in and you're with God's people, that is a benefit to you. It also benefits the church, yes, but it's a great benefit to you. 
as you become stronger. If you don't take advantage of that, how can you reap the benefits? How can you reap the benefits of having somebody there to help you through hard times and help build you up and help you with godly advice? Where do you get that from if you don't take advantage of that? Because I'll tell you right now, if you come in here on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons and expect to get enough, it's not going to happen. You won't get enough wisdom and enough training and enough teaching that way. Sure, you'll get some, but it won't be enough. You'll become weak and you'll become the back of the pack. And you'll become that easy target for the devil. And I believe when the elders ask you to plug in, it's not because they don't want to do the work. It's because they don't want that target on you. It's because they don't want you to be the target of the, the easy target for the devil to take out. Now, does that mean if we're with the group that we won't ever get taken out? No, I don't believe that at all. I've seen people that I believe were strong Christians fall away. But it's less likely in my, in the Bible, and the Bible even tells us that when it says, when one is attacked, two is better to stave off the attack. You know, we've talked about accountability partners. Have you ever went out and got one? I know many men have mentioned that from the pulpit. I know I have been guilty of not doing it. I'll tell you right now, I'm guilty. I did, I have not done it. But if you have an accountability partner, they help. This isn't about me getting on, getting on to anybody because you're not taking part in fellowship. It's about me wanting to help people to become stronger. Do I believe fellowship is essential? Yes. Even more so now that I've studied this, I believe it. And it's not that I think that you're a bad person if you're not. It's the fact I think you're not what you could be. And if you're not, you're missing out on all the edification. Because yes, you may get some from the pulpit on Sunday mornings. But I'll tell you what, I learned more from people just out working with them, talking about my problems with them. That's when I learn more. That's when I'm edified the most. That's when I'm built up the most is when I'm around God's people. And I'll tell you, I haven't always made it a priority in my life. I haven't. My dad made it a priority for me, but I wasn't really something on the top of my list. And now I believe it is. But the question is, is it on the top of your list? Are you going to do what, whatever it takes? Are you going to put it as a priority? And I don't mean this to be mean, but if you don't, you'll become an easy target for the devil, and I believe that. I believe Satan will look at you and go, that's an easy target. And I don't want anybody to be an easy target. I don't. I love everybody that's in this room. I don't want anybody in this room to be an easy target. It's not something I want for you. I don't want you to have to withstand the devil alone. That's not something that's fun to do. It's not fun being by yourself. So if I can give you anything this morning, just let me give you the encouragement to put fellowship first. You know, we're having a lunch today after services. That's an easy way to start. We have a great time at those. And we don't just do it because we like food. That's part of it. But that's not the only reason we do it. We do it because we like being together and we like to strengthen each other. 
And we want to help strengthen you. But you have to be willing to come and take a part of it in order for us to do that. You have to be willing to come and be a part of what this congregation offers in order for this congregation to really help you. And then in turn, you can turn around and help other people out as well. Because whenever you come, you can help me out. Whenever you come, you can help the elders out. You can help anybody out. And they can help you as well. And we get a mutually beneficial relationship. And we're stronger in the Word of God, which is the most important thing. We're closer to God. And we're closer to each other. Because as you remember, Jesus said, The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like to it, love your neighbor as yourself. We want to love you. We want to help you. But you have to be willing to show up and be committed to the fellowship. Not just be involved, but be committed. And I believe it will be a great help to you. As well as everyone else that takes part in that. So maybe you haven't taken advantage of that. There's no better time to start than today. And it may be tough at first. It may be, well, I really want to go do this. And it's something I've been doing a long time. But in the end, the benefit will be greater than the reward of that other thing that you thought was so important. So if we can help you, won't you come as we stand and sing?